This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Today is going to be a special and wonderful day. Uh, dads, husbands, boys, listen, we got to make this a great day for mom. So make sure that we're on our best behavior today and do everything we can to make it special. I just clipped some beautiful roses from outside of the church. So this is my gift to you, even though I can't quite hand it to you. We love you. We're going to have an awesome service. Mrs. Pastor is sharing the word. We're going to have some dynamite praise and worship. And we all I also want to remind you that there's no service tonight, so don't tune in, but if you want to get on the Facebook or YouTube channel, then hey, there's a bunch of archive services, you can watch one of those, but overall, today we are celebrating the wonderful, awesome, godly moms that we have right here at High Desert Word Center and all over the country. We love you, Mama. We'll see you soon. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Let's all stand up if you can, uh, wherever you are, and we're just going to worship the Lord together a little bit today. Hallelujah, God. 
everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all you awesome moms out there. I'm Mrs. Pastor, Pastor Janice Samples at High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. Uh, not only am I a pastor, but I'm also a mother. I have five sons and a daughter, and I have 16 grandchildren and one on the way. So today, I'm so excited to be able to be bringing this Mother's Day message to you. So I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you listen. Maybe you'll learn some things you never learned before. And so we're getting ready to, here we go. You ready? All right. The title of my message today is, All This From A Rib? All This From A Rib? That's the title of our message today. So we're going to learn some things. Amen. Well, I'm going to kind of start out with we're talking about creation a little bit. So that's the background. So just get that in mind. Jesus is the creator, you know. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth and all that kind of stuff. So he's the creator. But then he gets to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And I'm in the King James today. And the word says this. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helpmeet for him. So God's created everything else. He's created Adam, but for Adam, he's all by himself. He has no he has no wife. And so God creates Eve. And how did he do that? Well, let's jump down to verse uh, 21 through 24. And this is how God did that. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. 
She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So I have a trivia question for you today. So does that mean that all men today have one less rib than women? The answer to that is no. Women and men both have the same amount of ribs. Think about it this way. This is a gross example, but if somebody cut their finger off in a lawnmower accident, and they were when they were and they went on to have children, would their children be lost one finger, less finger? No, their children would be born with all the fingers they're supposed to have. So that's the answer to your trivia question today that you didn't even know you had asked. Amen. Good stuff. Okay, so let's look at uh, Genesis chapter four, verse one. And we're going to talk about Eve for a minute. Genesis 4, 1 says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain her son, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So and Eve ended up uh, having six children in all. But we hear mostly about Cain and Abel, her sons. Cain and Abel brought her much joy. She was the first mother They were the first babies born on the earth, but they also brought her heart-wrenching pain, Cain and Abel did. Most women today experience childbearing years. They will spend about two decades on each child, you know, from birth to maybe 20. Then if another child comes along, you've got to add a couple more years to that, however long it goes. But women in general who have children will spend several decades tending to children in their childbearing years. If you are a Christian mother, this is a whole set of God-given lessons that we have to ensure that each child knows and loves God and serves Him all the days of his and her life. Flip over to uh, 3 John 4. Where we are going with our life as a mother, as a Christian mother, should end up in 3 John 4, which tells us this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So as a Christian mother, we're aiming for the goal that we're raising godly children, that the godly children that we are raising will grow up to be godly men and women, and that the joy that we get just from all those years of of working at this and trying to instill those things to our children, that at last they come to pass. And we're super excited about that. Um, Raising children like this takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of doing things on purpose. It takes time sacrificing what you may want to do with yourself. I mean, if you want to go sew or something like that, you just don't have the time to go sew. If you want to go have your hair done, maybe you don't have time to go have your hair done. If you need a dress, maybe you're not getting that dress because little Susie needs a dress. Things like that. So women, mothers in general, spend a lot of time sacrificing for their children, but it's all worth it in the end. Our life is not our own. We're, we're bought with a price, even that so as a, as a believer in general, but especially so as a mother. So uh, being a mother is putting your whole heart and your whole soul into the life of another person. Motherhood is full of all kinds of emotions, as all you moms can attest to. It's not just, we're just not the same day in and day out. Hopefully, when a woman finds that she's, she's pregnant with a child, she's full of joy and happiness. That's the way the Lord wants it to be. I want us to look up uh, Psalms 
139 uh, verses 13 through 18. I'm in the New Living Translation for this. This is one of my favorite scriptures and the most beautiful written scriptures that uh, I've ever come across. Once again, it's Psalms 139 verses 13 through 18 in the Living Translation. This talks about the Lord and babies. It says, You, God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains, the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Isn't that beautiful about what God's opinion is of the unborn, the unborn children? So when a woman becomes pregnant, this is what her attitude needs to be. I'm carrying a living human being inside of me. Um, she wonders if her child is a boy or a girl. She's full of wonderment. That's one of the emotions that she feels. She's full of wonderment. Being a mother means all kinds of changes in her own body. There's funny little stretch marks that happen to appear. Sometimes she gets bigger in some areas than other areas, and it doesn't go away. It just kind of stays there for the rest of their life. So that's a change, and that's a sacrifice that a mother has to make as well. Most women nurse their babies. They become the nourishment provided at the cost of spending hours and hours and hours nursing a baby and I know that you moms that nurse babies know that it seems like all you ever get done is nurse that baby but that comes to pass quickly enough their time is not their own anymore many times mothers spend sleepless nights tending to the needs of their tiny baby so once again it's a sacrifice if they choose to be a working mother they experience separation anxiety as they go off to work and leave their child with another Motherhood has many many emotions, joy, happiness, sometimes anger. You know, you, you can't lie to me and tell me that you don't get angry every once in a while at your children. But I like what Brother Hagin said. He said, I refuse to be driven crazy by a blessing. Because the Word of God says that children are a blessing. Sometimes we have heartache, heartaches because of wrong decisions that our children make along their path in life. A Christian mother spends much time in prayer for her child, especially to see that if that child seems to be going astray, extra time is spent in prayer. Sometimes that child may not return to the fold for decades, but her prayers and her patience and her persistence go on, and eventually that child comes to know the Lord. But the, the perfect way is Proverbs 22 6 that tells us to train up a child in the way of the Lord and as they are growing older is the literal translation they will not depart from it so that God's best is that you train up this child to be a servant of God to love God to know God and they never depart from it but every once in a while there's a little rubble in the family that raises up but the devil loses in the long run because we are winners amen 
Hallelujah. First Corinthians 13, 8, I'm not going to look it up there, but she knows that God's word says that love never fails with her child. That's not, not only the ones that go astray, but the ones at home. That, uh, that, uh, that, that love never fails. And mothers never condone the sin that you see if your children happen to fall into sin. Never condone the sin. Never agree with it. Never say it's okay. You stick with the word of God, but by all means you love that child because love never fails. A Christian mother has weapons given to her by God. Uh, being the right example is first and foremost. You know, children will do what they see you do, not what they hear you say for them to do. So you've got to be that right example. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be one day in with God and another day out with God. One day you're in church praising the Lord. The next day you're in the tavern. Oh, no, 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 no. If you're going to be a Christian mother, you've got to be constantly consistent and consistently constant because you are that godly example put before your children to see. We have the weapon of prayer. Prayer. God always answers prayer. Bible says you receive not because you ask not. So we need to place our children before the Lord in prayer and pray those things out that need prayed. Speak the word over them. What does God say about children? He says that they're a blessing. Blessed are the children, you know. He says that children are a gift from God. So those are those things that you need to speak over them. Be that listening ear for your children. Sometimes they have to have somebody that listens to them. And if you train them while they are young to come to you, and that you will listen, and you won't brush them off, then they're always going to come to you when they're older, and that's valuable. Um, when they're young, guarding who they're around. You know, you can choose who their friends are. You need to guard that well. You can guard where they go, etc. So there are things that we can do to try to ensure that our children grow up right, and that the end result is that they make it to heaven. Again, the, again, the scripture, 3 John 4, I have no greater joy than to see that my children love the Lord. Amen. Let's focus on Jesus and women in general for a little bit. This is really exciting. Jesus was raised uh, during a time when women weren't thought much of. You know, sometimes we think we're not thought too much of today, but things are different. Times have changed. Back in the day, women weren't thought of very highly. Um, in some societies, and still in some societies today, women are stoned to death. And uh, that's not God's will at all. That's not God's way. That's not God's attitude about women. His daughters. You know, think about this. If you have daughters, how do you feel about your daughters? Are you going to go out and stone them? You know, how much more does God the Father love us than we love our own children? So let's keep that in mind. Throughout the Bible, there are many accounts that are written about women. Accounts about Eve, like we already talked about that today. Accounts about Hannah, who was Samuel's mother. Accounts about Ruth, who ended up being in the lineage of Jesus in Matthew uh, chapter 1 and 2. Uh, accounts about Esther. Accounts about Deborah, who was a judge. Uh, accounts about the Shunammite woman. Accounts about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Accounts about Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. Accounts about the woman at the well. Accounts about the adulterous woman. And then there's an account about Timothy's mother and grandmother. And I want us to look this one up. This is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. What does God's word have to say about Timothy's mother and grandmother? Grandmothers, you're extremely important as well as, as uh, your, uh, your children, your, uh, your mothers are. Let's see here. Timothy, Timothy, Timothy. 
2 Timothy 1.5 When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, he's talking about Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. See, that's the name of the game. That's what we're searching for. The faith that we carry in us, we instill, we pass down to our children. They take it, they grab with it, they serve God, they become all that God wants them to be. So that's really exciting. The Lord, uh, if the Lord didn't have any love for his daughters, he wouldn't have included them in the word of God. Jesus is the word. Amen. And he has his, his Bible is full of accounts about women. Those are just some of them that I mentioned. There's also accounts about some not so nice women like Jezebel, but we're not going to talk about her today. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, let's look at how Jesus treated uh, his mother with great kindness, respect, and love. Look at uh, John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. John chapter 19 verses 26 and 27 Jesus was uh, dying on the cross he'd been crucified but one of the last things that he did while he was still alive was tend to his mother verse 26 said this when Jesus therefore saw his mother you know at the foot of the cross and the disciples standing by whom he loved he said to his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple, meaning John, took her into his own home. So he saw that his mother was taken care of after he was gone. So that shows, that's just one example of what he thought about his mother. He had a duty to perform in the taking care of his mother, and he saw to it that it was, that it was done. Um, God gave women great honors. I'm really excited about sharing this part with you because uh, tr uh, turn your Bible to uh, Matthew chapter 28. This is the last uh, chapter in, in the book of Matthew. I just think this is so exciting. Matthew 28, let's start at verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, this is after Jesus was uh, was crucified and he's in the tomb, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. Now it was the job of the women to go prepare bodies with spices and all this kind of thing. So that was the initial reason why they showed up at the tomb. Verse 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. So get this picture. There's the tomb. The angel comes down from heaven, rolls the stone away, and sits on it. I think that's a pretty good picture just to even think about this angel sitting on top of this stone that he rolled away, just sitting there doing his thing. Amen. Verse 3, his countenance was like lightning, and his raiment was like white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers, because soldiers had been placed around the tomb so that um, people couldn't say that someone stole Jesus' body, so they put guards there because they didn't 
they knew that uh, Jesus said that he was going to raise from the dead, and they didn't want that going around. So they put a bunch of soldiers there to guard the tomb so that no one could come steal the body. So for the for so the soldiers that were standing around there supposed to be guarding the tomb, and for fear of him, the angel, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. They were slain in the spirit right there in front of that tomb. And the angel answered and said to the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen. And as he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. Number one, the women are the first at the tomb. That's pretty cool. Number two, they're allowed to see that angel that's sitting on that tomb. Number three, that angel's talking to them, the women. In a land where women aren't supposed to be thought much of. But God is picking out women to do all this first stuff with. And I think that is super exciting. And then, verse 7, the angel says, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There you shall see him. Lo, I have told you. So, the angel is giving women the job of being the first preachers. The word preach means to go and tell. So, this angel instructed these two women, the two Marys, you be the preachers. You go and tell the disciples. You tell them that Jesus is risen from the dead. It's your job, women. Isn't that exciting? I think that's so cool. It wasn't the, you know, the guys didn't show up with their... Their fine tunics or whatever. No, it was just the women who came to serve at the tomb. And Jesus, through the angel, told them, you go and tell. You be those first preachers. Isn't that awesome? Verse 8. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. Look at those emotions. Fear and great joy. They've got them both. And they ran to bring this word to the disciples. They ran. They didn't just walk. They ran to bring this word to the disciples. And as they went to tell those disciples, behold, Jesus met them along the way, and he said, All hail. And they came and held him by his feet, and they worshipped him. Here's another thing Jesus did. He was the first one to appear to the women. The women are the first ones that he appeared to. Before the rest of the disciples met him in Galilee. Wow. Think about this whole thing. The women were the first at the tomb. The women saw the angel. The angel talked to them. The angel told them to go preach. And then Jesus himself appears to them as they're running to tell the disciples. Is that cool or what? I think that is so exciting. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to them, Be not afraid. Go tell, go preach, my brethren, that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Isn't that exciting? What God did for the women? Oh, praise God. That's what he thinks about us. He entrusts us to raise children. He entrusts us to be godly examples. He entrusts us to preach to other people and to tell them about Jesus. How exciting is all this? Hopefully, you as your as a mother began your, your motherhood life as a Christian. Some of you didn't. Maybe some of you our mothers, but still have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Um, you have the creator of the universe who will help you raise your children. And those of us who 
have raised our children as Christian mothers, we did have the creator of the universe help us raise our children. He gave us the wisdom we needed. He gave us the love that we needed. He gave us the time that we needed. He gave us the willing to sacrifice our own self and the things that we wanted to do and the raising of children for his glory so that they would serve him. You know, and some moms, maybe your children are all grown by now, but your influence on them isn't over with. And even if you have grown children and, and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's never too late. Because they can see a change in you now. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is what happens when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Verse 17 in 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, when you receive Jesus into your life, into your heart, and you surrender your whole will to him, your whole life to him, no matter how old or how young you are, you become a new creature in Christ. All things pass away. All of a sudden, you're, you're this new person. And you think, wow, to be filled with the glory of God. How exciting is this? So I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation today if you've never received Jesus. And some of you out there, maybe you've, maybe you've fallen away from the Lord. Maybe you've backslidden. Maybe it's obvious in your children because they're not doing very well. But you need to come back to Jesus. So I want to say this prayer, and I want you to repeat it after me. Whether you're, you've ever said it before or not, hopefully. And I want to tell you, too, that if you say this prayer, contact the church. Contact us. Call us on the phone. Email us. Text us. Whatever. There's lots of ways you can reach us. And tell us that you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and somebody will get back with you. Leave your phone number, leave your information, your email, whatever. Somebody will get back with you. So let's pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I haven't led a life pleasing to you. I ask you now to come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I want to become a new creature in Christ. So come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And I give you all the praise for it. In his mighty name, the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a good Mother's Day. All right, boys and girls, men and women of faith. What time is it? I can't hear you. What time is it? Yes, that's right. Happy time. Yay! Because Jesus says more blessed to give than to receive. Glory to God, we live. We live off our giving because what we sow is what we reap. And open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. We're talking about tithes today because it's the time we bring our tithes to the storehouse. And there's so many different ways we do that now. We do it online. Uh, we uh, bring bring offerings to the church, and lots of things we do, but the main thing is, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, I'm going to give you time to get there, you need to see this, because it's New Testament, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, says this, and here, men that die receive tithes, well that's talking about pastors, whether they're men, whether they're women, it's talking about pastors, because pastors, at some point in time, will physically die, but of course, when we die, We'll go to be of Jesus. But it says, Here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them. That's talking about Jesus. 
of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. Of whom it is witnessed that he lived. So the book of Hebrews is New Testament. The book of Hebrews primarily tells us of the present day ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the Lord of the time. And something I learned many, many, many years ago, I've always lived by. I bring my tithe to the local church, but I present my tithe to Jesus before I ever get to church. My wife and I, Mrs. Pastor, have always, 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 when I was a truck driver, the different things I've done in life, and since we've been pastors, we always, when we get paid, when we get money, we write out a check. Because we still do the old school, we're basically all checks. We write out a check to the ministry, High Desert Word Center. We write out a check, and if we're giving an offering to another ministry, then we write out a check, but we always give it to Jesus before we ever get to church, before we put it in the mailbox, because we recognize that Jesus is the one that can bless us. People can't do that. As a pastor, I can pray over your tithe, I can pray over you, and be a blessing to you. But the main thing you've got to always know, your tithe goes to Jesus. And then Jesus said that when he receives your tithe, in Malachi chapter 3, the windows of heaven are open, the blessing of God on your life. He rebukes the devourer for you. The blessings of God come to you. And he said, all people around you will see you and call you blessed. And so just always remember this. Your tithe may be given to a pastor or to a man as God's representative on earth, but Jesus is the one that receives your tithe. Jesus is the one that blesses you. And so keep on being faithful to Jesus. And of course, Jesus will always be faithful to you. As we bring the Lord's tithe give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raising the bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in the business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debt paid off, all right, everybody, what an awesome service we had, a great word from Mrs. Pastor. I'm just reminding everybody, let's celebrate the godly, righteous moms that we have today. We are blessed, and they are a treasure to us. And the grandmas, too. They're awesome. We love our grandmas, too. So praise God for that. We're going to close out like we always do with the Barstow Faith Confession. I remind you, though, to like us on Facebook, follow on Instagram, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, and that gives you more access to the Word of God coming out of High Desert Word Center, and it gives you the ability to share it with other people because this is the best time ever to share the Word of God with somebody else. Let's speak some words of faith over the community that we love, Barstow, California. Say this together with me. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. 
Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, guys, no service tonight, but if you want to get onto the YouTube channel or Facebook, there's plenty of previous services archived. You can look at one of those. Overall, spend some time with mom today and grandma. We love you guys, and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.